All right, so we are back. She was giving such juicy information, right? Like research is dope. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to start off this part of really asking you the question of what does a sister circle even look like? What like in its healthy um, stage of of really helping Black women, um, the Black women, the women of color that you saw was you know, in the space, benefiting from it, helping it thrive and grow? Like, how would you define what that even looks like? So um, I believe like a healthy, because sister circles can be formal and informal. So you might have several black women like, well, I already have a sister circle. Well, the difference in that is like, okay, in that sister circle is someone holding you accountable. Um, There's a level of accountability that needs to be there. Um, is someone supporting you um, in a way that is not just personal, but also professional? Um, and so what I say, um, the, the informal sister circles, sometimes, like, yes, you know, we want to create a space where we're able to vent and speak to the hurt. But there needs to be someone to bring the group back together. There needs to be someone that's like, okay. Thanks for sharing that, Jasmine. What can we do to support you? Someone needs to be asking that. That's the, that's a that's the way you develop a space that is healthy, because a sister circle is is powerful. Um, it's uplifting. Uh, some people use this also as for prayer. Some this is also a space that um, really lives to what confidentiality is. You know, feeling that, okay, you know, when I come in here, I am removing my mask. No one is judging me. There are no titles. That's something that I value in my own, uh, from a professional lens, um, in the sister circle um, during Sister T, is that when we did our sister t- circle meetings, um, it was always, it always had a topic. Um, you know, so for example, uh, one of the sister circle committee members, um, there's a great book called The Little Black Woman. A book of success. Um, this talks about being a black woman in various spaces as a professional, like not being an office mammy, how to negotiate, um, understanding what's the difference between racism and sexism, um, you know, just various things that sometimes um, we don't know what a, how to name it. What is a microaggression? How do I navigate a microaggression? Um, how do I deal with some of the hurt of a microaggression? But then also holding people accountable for that. Um, and not always feeling like I have to teach you the, these things, but how can I make sure that my workspace in this space where I'm probably the only one in, um, I'm surviving and thriving at the same time. Um, and one thing I appreciate about our VP who was over our sister circle is that when we walked in, our, we, had, we had brown rules. There's no titles in here. And sometimes that's what happens where you could feel like, okay, that's my boss. And I can't, or, um, or is this person in this space um, as a spy? Right. But then when you come in and you lay down ground rules and you build the trust of the confidentiality, it creates a space for people to truly be vulnerable. So when I get to hear the VP speak, speak her truth, it's like, wow, she's navigating that by herself. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, oh, okay, now, okay, okay, I get it. Me as this program coordinator or assistant director, it's like, okay, 
she's navigating things that I didn't think she would have to deal with because we believe when, when a title is in place of someone, they don't have to deal with certain things. And we can see that what Michelle Obama's becoming, you know, when she opens up about just navigating spaces of not just being the first lady, but navigating spaces of just um, going to going to prestigious schools, you know? And so sometimes it's best when we have women who have reached a plateau of what we deem as successful to really take a step back and remember like we are journeying through this journey together as black women. And so the beneficial things of being a part of a sister circle is it does not matter where you are on this journey. Someone needs you. Someone needs to hear you. And that, uh, you know, affirmation and support. Um, in our sister circle, we have several women who have, have lost family members. We sent flowers there. Um, we, we've had several job promotions where we celebrated those women. Um, it, it became a day where we, across campus, everybody wore red on a specific day. It, it, it allowed us to be unified. But let's, let's be very clear. It's an option for you to be a part of a sister circle or not. Mm -hmm. There's some women who feel like, you know, I've been doing fine by myself. I don't need, you know, and to me, that goes back to healing and trauma mm -hmm. and feeling, okay, well, I'll just isolate myself or, and I'm like, okay, I, you know, and I have been one of those women that I have been okay with being the only one and thriving and being the only one. And so the same way that I'm like, okay, is this person going to compete with me? Well, do I have something deep down that I feel like I need to compete with him? It's not just always, and from a healing perspective, it's not always the other person. It's also, it's, it stems back to who you are as a black woman from your childhood up to now. I've always been, um, you know, the middle child, right? A middle child syndrome. <laughs> you know, I have uh, four sisters. And how do I make sure that I'm being seen and validated? So I had to find ways, and that was, you know, schooling and job promotions and feeling like, oh, recognize me, mom, dad, that, you know, because I was abandoned by both of them. Do you see me? Are you proud of me? But then don't, not realizing that, that childhood trauma travels with you into the workplace. Mm -hmm. Feeling like, like, oh, the next black woman may, it's like you're treated as your own sibling. And like, okay, can I compete against her? Oh, she's the oldest, so she always gets attention. And so we don't realize the sister circle space is little black girls. <laughs> like, you know, these are, as much as we think, oh, we're professional, we are little black girls who are still healing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, and I had to get to a space of saying, you know, I have, I named her Little Tiffany. I should have told you a long time ago. You don't have to compete with nobody, baby. You are smart. You are talented. You're beautiful in your own way. I had to name her because we as little black girls, we don't get to grow up. We mm -hmm. don't get to go. To, we don't get to enjoy being a little black girl. We are automatically taught to be a grown woman yep. as a little girl. Yep. So sister circles to me are little black girls really trying to grow up together and navigate the gap. 
literally navigating the gap of what support looked like. Think about it. The same way, oh, what, why are you crying? Don't cry. Don't let them see you be weak. Or you got to be strong. When, when, was the, when, when you asked black women, when did you first hear that? As a little girl. Mm-hmm. A child. When As you're supposed child. to cry. Mm-hmm. So to me, the healthy part of being a part of a sister circle is realizing that this is a space of healing for little the little girl in you. Uh, there's a great book out um, that I recently just bought called More Than Enough mm. by um, Elaine Weathertrop, Weather, Walter Trop. Um Amazing. Just talks about painting space for who you are no matter what they say. Uh, and so sometimes a formal sister circle is great, kind of similar to utilizing a book for upliftment. Um, structural things. So because a sister circle that was founded in the um, higher education setting, we were able to use theoretical framework. So we're using black feminist thought to lead our sister circle um, of how we redefining um, these spaces at predominantly white institutions. And so to me, I value formal sister circles instead of informal sister circles. Mm. To me, a formal sister circle has a mission, vision, and value. Like there's something there that I'm going to knowing, and that's just who I am as a learner. Right. Um, so like, okay, today's topic, we're talking about, you know, for the girls, we're talking about loving the skin that you're in. Or how do I negotiate, <laughs> you know, for a job offer? How do I not be the office man? Because that's real. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't know how many jobs that I worked at that somebody called me mama. Or we know of a black woman working in a particular office who's the office mom. You know, so um, I think when we develop spaces such as a sister circle, I'm not saying that only black women need to be in that space. But I have seen how detrimental it is when you have black women in there who haven't realized that they're black women. Yeah, and I and I think you so you brought up a point of benefiting from formal. Um, for me, I don't benefit from formal. Um, I feel my experience, particularly like in white spaces, um, the form the formality comes from uh, the folks who have been in there longer um, or may have had more life experience controlling the setting. Um, Uh and being the most vocal and particularly when new folks come into the space, it's very challenging, challenging for them to find their voice. And so the spaces that I create are informal, but formal. And, and what that looks like is, um, that we have a Facebook group. So I have two different ones as an example. So our Facebook group is just our monthly meetup. So there's 111 women in there that are between Ames to Des Moines and all over. Um, that identifies black women. Um, and that could be from biracial, multiracial setting, their identity um, is blackness. Uh, and however which they express that, that's up to them. But we meet monthly and do things together. So we don't even have deep conversations. And, and when I introduced um, the concept of deep conversation, I wasn't able to attend, but I had um, encouraged them to do a uh, write and pull session. So they write 
a question in a in a in a, a container and then they pull the questions out and then have discussions about it because I think there are some underlining things that a lot of uh, the women in the group are dealing with, right? Some of them are unmarried, some of them are married, some of them are single moms, some of them are mm-hmm. have been married for a long period of time and been divorced. Like there's so many different arrays of um uh, journeys of life that there is a benefit, right? So in, in introducing that formality, it's helpful to give context for who these people are. The informalness is just enjoying each other's company. So we take we take pictures with each other. We go to movies. We go to events. Like I recently got invited to go um, and see a, a Democratic caucus interview of all of the candidates that are coming. So we're all trying to go together to, you know, learn a little bit more about the you know, the political landscape of the Democratic Party. And so there there's so many different ways of doing it. And I noticed with younger, younger black women, it's that fear of how do I find a space that best best fits me? And Uh what does that look like? And so um, have you in your research seen folks, you know, talk about the distinction between that formal informal space? And how 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 do you see folks needing to learn how they would best navigate finding a good space or having to create it, right? Because you're also talking about predominantly white spaces. These things don't exist most of the time. They're not supported and they don't have funding. And so how do you even create something like this? I know it's like three different questions in one, but really just give that idea. And I think my definition of formal is what you explained. Right. So... You, when I said a formal setting, like it's everything you explain. Do you get what I'm saying? So um, there are topics, but we also do outings. You get what I'm saying? So to me, it's a healthy balance. That's what I mean of a formal sister circle. To me, an informal sister circle is you all are just getting together um, and no one's in charge. Right. There is no one saying, hey, let's all go to the movies or, hey, let's talk about this. Or it's really like just like a black girl meetup. That's what I mean by informal. Mm-hmm. And so and not saying that those are not healthy as well, but formal is what I what you explain from. Um, so like the sister sees a program. One month, we'll be doing, like, a book discussion. Next month, we went to Painting with a Twist. Following month, we, you know, it, it was more so, like, there was there was a healthy balance of just us getting together to fellowship um, with one another. But then it was also young, you know, as a millennial, we're looking like, okay, what I, I need help. You know what I'm saying? And so... I think the biggest challenge is really reminding every woman that their voice needs to be heard in a space. And it is, it is detrimental for you to walk into a space feeling as if this is a space where you, that you're going to be isolated. And so that's what I mean. You know, you have people who are like, well, I don't have a mentor because I don't know how to ask for one or, I don't know how to come into this space because um, people are going to use their titles and their power to overpower me and I'm going to feel isolated. Sometimes it's really like 
I, and I just, I'm just speaking for my, my personal experience, is that those are all things that I have built up in my head uh, because of past trauma. Of someone isolating me, not including me, uh, bullying me, or making me feel like my voice is not heard. And, and sometimes that means that I'm already going into these spaces with my guard up. You know, and so that's how, how can I heal? How can I truly heal and be, be um, really immerse myself into this space if I really don't even trust myself going into the space? And so that's when you hear, like, I, I had a colleague who, you know, she had a very, very bad experience working with, um, you know, wanting to have an elderly black woman in the field as a mentor. And when we started the sister circle, she was like, well, I mean, I want to, I, I need support, but you know what? Never speak to anyone when she would come, but it was kind of like, well, like, how can I talk to you? How can I support you? And it was more so like the hurt from what that person did. It was kind of like, you could sense it in the sister circle. So how, as a, in a from a formality perspective, how do I start getting people to talking? You know, and I'm speaking from sister circles in the higher ed setting. Not just um, from a church setting, but how, or um, in the community setting, from a higher estimate setting. So I'm thinking of like student involvement. Like, do I bring icebreakers? Like, do I bring icebreakers that's going to talk about black girl magic? Or, you know, and how are we really dumping, utilizing our sister circle as a space of, you know, walking away feeling refreshed and renewed and valued and seen. Um, like this point is for you to come into that space and still have your mask on, you know, and still feel like you have to tiptoe around and being your authentic true self. And so I, you know, it really starts with, you know, when we started the sister T sister T circle, um, program at my former institution, I was on a committee with women who saw me, um, which made me want to be even more unapologetically myself because they were unapologetically themselves. Um, was it challenging to start? Um, no, you had so many women who wanted to like join, but it was the, the biggest challenges that we were faced was we had so many white women wanting to know, could they come to our space? Mm. So <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you. No. And, and this is why I value my VP at the time and who's my mentor. She was like, you, you got to be strategic. You got, and it, sometimes it's political on your, on your college campus. You know, the president, he was like, I don't care if you made a, sitting, a, a knitting club. I don't care what you, you do what you want to do. They decided to do this and I support them. And so when the VP was like, Tiffany, can you please stand up and talk about so I was like, oh Lord. But then when you start, when you start, oh, this is the one thing I love about this is when the black girl magic come out. It's like, listen here, sis, we did our research. We got our ducks in a row. This ain't some like pop up little, you know, pop up stand. For you to learn, <laughs> for you to learn and, and hear the plight of, of black women on campus. <laughs> Right. Like, oh, we're just going to get together and we're going to talk bad about white women because that's what they think. Mm -hmm. And so the realest thing my VP said is, oh, we don't exclude anyone. Come. But we're not shifting our topics. We're not shifting anything. And so I think that, I wouldn't say scared a lot of them, but it made them apprehensive in a way of like, 
complaining because that's the privilege in me to, to complain. And because I didn't think of it first. But it's not about, and that goes back to that competition. And it's not about who thought of it first. This is a need for us. And when you still think of the ratio of how many black women are on this campus compared to white women and white people, we are still a minority. And so it's like, oh, it's just, it looks like a lot of them because they're all together. <laughs> and, you know, and so it's just mind bottling. But this is what I mean when you want to develop a formal social circle. Yes, there was funding, but there was also women who put money into the sister circle, you know. Yes, having a sister circle, it, it was like another full-time job for us in the committee, planning events for them and the students. These things had nothing to do with my job. But because I was in diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, we were able to really work this towards our, our strategic plan for the institution. And so I think when people want to, there's a difference between a sister circle and an affinity group. Hmm. Um and so affinity groups are mostly primarily sourced out of human resources that do not give you a theoretical background, that do not give you learning outcomes, that are not assessing um, the, the support of you navigating a predominantly white institution. Human resources are a common group that are really focused on making sure they recruit and retain you. And that can be, that can be simply like, and that's where I feel like that's the informal. Oh, we're going to have pizza tonight for all the women who are moms. And during that space, I, if I was a mom, I could still go, but I'm just going to network, right? Mm. I'm still at work. <laughs> like going to the sister circle that was formal, I didn't feel like I was at work at all. And a lot of women sometimes have to remove the lens. Like, yes, this sister circle is a support group and, um, value value to your healing process but you're not really at work that's why we had a lot of our meetings a lot of our things off campus um this is why a lot of us put our own personal money into it because those were some of the the pushback you know you know how many meetings that people would like sit anonymously to the president just to ask about sister team and we were like but you know the realest thing my vp said is when you are doing great things that are supporting people that look like you or supporting healing. Um, everyone wants to, you can do what you need to do to support healing as well. But what we're not going to do is we're not going to harp on, on that. And so it's just really, how do you maintain positivity when you're already dealing with some of the oppression um, of just navigating a, a predominantly white space. And so I think, the benefits of having a sister circle very explained is similar to you formal because yours is formal whether you know it or not um book text says it's formal because you know you're grab and pull someone had to coordinate that someone's helping you process through that right or um scheduling the outing that's someone that means you have some type of committee group who is taking the lead um to put the group together um, and an informal group is more so we're just getting together and venting about our day and just dumping it there, but not really walking away with feeling fulfilled, you know, like, you know, think, I think about it like a gossip circle, right? That you and a couple of colleagues got together and gossiped, just a meeting after the meeting, right? Mm. 
And you're like, well, I know Jan and Susan feel the same way about how I feel. Okay, we're gone by my day. But you didn't, what did you gain from that? Yeah, I um I I think about the shift, right? So you you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned the idea of like who is invited, who is allowed in the space. The conversation is never going to change, and you need to be comfortable with that. I challenge that idea um, because mm-hmm. I don't, I, do I don't, I yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't want. And and again, this goes back to this is for me and people who navigate life like me, there is no way that you are going to benefit other than being a voyeur in the space Yeah, if you are not Black. I think the other thing is um, how do we, how do we, in the context of using the space, some folks think that, oh, I attend one or two things and I'm going to find my space and my way around with our group, right? Like when you talk about formal and formal, uh, we ne- we rotate and it's not even like a, it's not even like a, you have one month, you have one month, but it's like, if your interest is there, post it on the Facebook and invite people to it, right? Most of the time it's like, I'm going so I, I have tickets or I, I'm curious if anybody else is interested in it. Like when we were like, oh, let's go to Cardi B. I was like, well, I'm going to Cardi B. Is anybody else wanting to go? Uh-huh. Homegirl was like, I want to go. I never know homegirl until she sat next to me at that concert. And now we we good friends. Right. So um, and and I I've never walked into a space being like, what could I get from y'all? Y'all need to help me. Um, and I'm going to struggle uh, and share my struggle, and I need to be heard. First of all, if you are looking for a group that does that, this is the wrong one, and you need counseling. Right? Like there is there is counseling, and then there's there's sister circle. Sister circle does not swap out counseling. Like you need to go sit with somebody and talk about your stuff because what you end up bringing is that toxicity into the group. And then you're going to continue to feel isolated, which is going to continue to perpetuate the narrative that you don't belong. And so I think it's interesting for folks to even like when they're thinking about um, how do I create a group? If I create a group, I need to look a certain way. Well, you also need to think about like, what is it that you're looking for? And is some of this work your individual, your individual like work and not a group? Like you're not a workbook. We're not over coloring in the missing pieces of your workbook like that's that's not how that works right like like I'm not going to help you talk to people differently like you need to help yourself because that's not my supervisor number one number two I don't know what you did prior to the conversation that you had so I'm like you need to do some of that coloring in yourself you can use us but we're not taking the pencil and shading that in for you Uh and I think but I also think of uh, the gap. This is what goes back to like this research, Ian, um, Jasmine, is that there's a gap between little black girls and black professional women, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm a little black girl and I've been told that I need to be a black woman, by the time I'm 16, I'm navigating spaces like I'm a grown woman. And people are already treating me like a grown woman. Right. So by the time I'm 25, 27, 30, and I'm in the workforce, I'm still, like, I've missed this, like, piece. So when I show up in those spaces, I'm looking for that piece. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so when you think of younger professionals, 
who, you know, I, I think about my mentee. She's 25, walked up to me um, in NASPA when I was doing my presentation on, you know, sister circles versus affinity groups um, and said, I'm so nervous. And I was like, what's wrong? She was like, I really want you to be my mentor. Uh, but when I tell you the level of how she was shaking um, and in tears, and I'm still getting, I'm getting emotional about it. It was this yearn of like, I need, I need help. Like I, I need help. But that, but that's a I mean, mentor mentee, right? That's an individual connection. Right. That's not group. Like that's not solely group oriented. When you're looking for someone to help guide you, the group right. can't do that though, is what I'm but, saying. But I think we as black women have gotten to spaces where we have kind of been taught not to ask for help. Of course. Or Absolutely. We don't even know how to ask for a mentor. Right. And then you never know, you might get a mentor who's detrimental to you. Absolutely. Versus truly pour into you to tell you, you know, therapy is real. Yep. <laughs> it's helpful. You know, and to me, that was just an example of there's nothing wrong with asking for a mentor. Right. But like, you know, like, yeah, you're in this field, you need to network and this, but when you when I started having these conversations with her, I realized like sis is by herself, sis needs support. You know, and I'm like, Well sis, you know, what about counseling? This is and this and now with her being a part of a sister circle at her institution, she's like, Wow, it's like other women who are navigating spaces like me and you know, I feel like they're my family. You know, I feel like they wanna see me succeed. Good stuff. Great stuff. Um, it's interesting hearing it back. Um, what was I hearing? What was I not hearing? Um, and I wanted to pull out some nuggets for you all to kind of sprinkle over your dreams tonight. Um, <laughs> or whenever you take your nap or go to sleep. But um, she talked about, we, we talked about trust. Um, that was something underlying and in the episodes and and I think about it for myself how um I was learned to I was taught um in so many overt and covert ways to not trust other black women and I think about um the relationship dynamics of um my grandmothers to my aunts to my cousins and mostly uh my family is made up of women I think about uh, how we never really navigated, you know, disagreements in healthy, appropriate ways. And when, when I say healthy, appropriate ways, how I've come to identify that, because again, that there's this huge piece that you all, you know, are going to go you know, see over the course of me sharing through this podcast. But what I've come to realize is that this, um, this closing the circle doesn't happen. So it is okay to disagree, but name calling, not, you know, talking to each other for months, um, associating, you know, 
things like uh, they're jealous of me, um, you know, perpetuating assumptions, creating, you know, separation in the family. You don't talk to them, so I don't talk to them type thing like that. That is what I would call unhealthy. And the closing the circle is acknowledging where there was a mistake and and it less being about someone doing something to you. Um, and this is at the lowest level. I'm not talking about like, you know, abuse and those types of things. I'm talking about like just pure disagreements have, you know, escalated into folks not talking to each other for years. Like that closing circle piece is acknowledging that there was a, a, a communication error. There was a expectation that wasn't followed through. There was a, I was hurt. Um, and that needs to be acknowledged. I feel like when we fight um, as, and I talk about it from the perspective of my black womanhood and how I've navigated relationships, relationships with other black women um, is that, well, I said this um, and this hurt me. Well, that's not how I went pause um if someone has a perspective it needs to be affirmed and honored because that was the experience that was had i loved watching a video uh ayana van zant had a, a group of sisters sit down at a table collectively with a piece of paper in front of them and she had a scenario play out and the scenario played out for maybe a few seconds and then their responsibility was to write down what they felt happened. And so um, how many people did they see? What were they wearing? What did they think those people were doing? And when she went to each person, they were all saying different things because the perspective is what matters. It's not about the argument. Then something happened and whether you agreed with it or not, that is, that is something to process. If you don't agree, can you explain further what you mean? or I'm having a hard time understanding that this is what happened to you. Can you, can, it might take me a minute to process. Don't, you know, say that didn't happen. That was whatever. That ain't the point. You know, all the things that I just think about, like how, what I've even heard directed at me. And so how much that played into trust and accountability. I also think about something Dr. Reed has said about affirmation, how we have to use these spaces to affirm each other, gas each other up. Yes, sis, I see you earrings. Come on, shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like those things are important, but you also have to gas women up when they're trying a new venture, when they're building another business, when they say, hey, I want to do this. What do you all think? Respond, like, share. Even if it doesn't meet all of these expectations of it has to be wrapped in this pretty bow, like we really need to think about how we don't just gas each other up in the physical, but the spiritual, the emotional, the mental. I see the work you're doing and I love you for it and keep going and it's okay and it will be okay. And I hear you. All of that has to meet in the middle when we think about our black women universe. And I think lastly, um, something she talked about was how we need to take care of the little girl inside of us. Um, I know for me, 
I'm working with a nine-year-old, right? Um, I experienced abuse as early as nine. And for the rest of my time through my 30, 31 years, going to 32 years, I have been carrying this nine-year-old um, and not really understanding how much she still wants to find that love, that support, that understanding to be heard, to be validated, to be taken care of, and specifically um, to, I'm like losing words here because it, it's it's emotional for me. Um, that nine-year-old recently experienced rejection for the first time um, at this age. And so it's, it's a long, long level of rejection. Um, and I think about how my nine-year-old self has never felt protected. And I always say things, particularly to my partner, I'm like, um, why does no one ever come to my defense? Why do I always have to be the one to fight? Fight for what I feel has happened, fight for what I feel fight to advocate for myself in spaces that I feel like I shouldn't have to anymore. Like, when is it going to end? And I don't have the answer to that yet. Um, And I think that's what Black women's spaces have done for me is to at least sit her down so that she can see other amazing Black women who are fighting just like she is. That I'm fighting for her. I'm fighting for her healing so that she can rest, that she can grow the way that she was meant to be. And so you all probably heard some other stuff too, but I wanted to just pull those those nuggets out. Um, and lastly, I want to leave you all with come back. <laughs> come back uh, for the last episode of three-part series, Healing Through Black Girl Magic. Um, And we will wrap up uh, with what it means to support, heal, show up um, and thrive in these spaces. Don't forget to like um, and follow my Instagram, Olivia Revolution Cade. Engage with me. um, Shout me out. You know, gas me up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, Something because... I want to make sure that y'all getting what y'all need. And if we got to loop back around, you know, Dr. Reed and I loop back around in the future. Yes, we will do that. Listen, Um, (laughs) but I thank you all. And I hope you all are getting what you need from these sessions. And I want to leave you with that. So peace and blessings.